Bridge. Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk. Two. Okay, welcome back, or welcome for the first time to Two True Freaks. This is the Two True Freaks pre-Halloween special, lovingly entitled When Trek Attacks, or alternately, or alternately, and this is for you, Will Sanchez, Beware the Assheads. That will be explained a little bit later on. Okay, so this is our special Halloween, wow. pre-Halloween, whatever you want to call it, episode. Um, and we'll get to our, our, our topic on this a little bit later. But as the as the opener to the show might have might have told you, uh, with the uh, Captain Kirk, that's just kind of a Captain a, a... Kirk. <laughs> Captain Kirk. That's just a. That's oh, just God, a... I love that. I do. Yeah, the rest of that episode kind of sucks, but that opener's classic, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, now I'm gonna have the giggles. All right, before we get into that, just a, a couple real quick things. Just Hang a on. couple. I'm gonna uh -oh. cut it in one more time right here. Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk. I'll Oh my God! Okay. <laughs> just a couple quick, couple quick things. Um, mostly just little housekeeping, little whatever. Um, we had an episode. I believe it was episode eight, but I suck at taking notes, so I forgot to write it down. But one of our recent episodes, it was the one where we talked about the new movie trailers and things that were out. Um, we entitled that episode because we titled most all of our episodes. We entitled it trailer trash talk it was pointed out to me on our forum or actually i believe it was the comic geek speak forum um that there is a podcast called trailer trash talk i swear this was pure coincidence i had no idea i was not trying to to steal anybody else's thunder i wasn't trying to walk yeah. over anybody else it's so um you know, just for house housekeeping, I, I wanted to put that out there that we weren't trying to, you know, infringe on anybody else. And I'm going I to go we ahead. Were and, so witty, man. I, I thought. Yeah, we I know. It was so I, original. You know, I was so proud I, of. I mean, proud there's like 20 title. billion podcasts out there, so this is bound to happen, I guess. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, in 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 giving this podcast their due, I haven't listened to it, but they've got an awesome website, and uh, and I'm planning to check this show out because. Uh, 
it basically looks like the guy is talking about trailers like we did in that one episode. It looks like every episode of his is just picking new trailers and, and just talking about the trailer. Sounds like it a looks great re- idea to me. Yeah, it looks like it's right up my alley. So I definitely plan to check this show out. It looks really cool. As of right now, as I'm looking at this, it looks like he's got 29 episodes out. So, you know, it's a, it's a, a new show. Um, definitely give him a try. Support this show. It's it, the, the address for it is uh, it's one of those HTTP addresses. It's trailer trash talk, all one word, trailer trash talk dot wordpress dot com. Um, check him out. And uh, tell them two true freaks sent you, and we apologize for uh, you know stealing stealing, uh, stealing his name. <laughs> yeah stealing the title of his show. Um, next up, um, again a little piece of house cleaning here. This was posted on our forum. Um, this is at the comicforums.com. We have our own forum for two true freaks. This was uh, part of the feedback we got on our Dark Knight episode, which remains our number three episode. Very popular. You know, this this was, uh, you know, most people were telling us we were absolutely nuts in our opinions, which that's fine. I mean, we don't need people to agree with us. However, there was one that was left there, and I'm not going to call the guy out. You can go read it for yourself. Um, but there was just a part of his his post that I wanted to address. And it's basically this, it was this one part. It said, Y'all went so far overboard on denigrating what is unquestionably a good movie, regardless of genre or characters, that I can't see how y'all's dislike of it can be rooted in a desire to go against the crowd, or can't, rather, I'm sorry, can't be rooted in a desire to go against the crowd simply for attention-touring sake. All right. Two quick things on this, and I'm just going to hit it real quick and get in and get out. Hit it and quit uh, it. Yep, exactly. For one thing, there is no such thing as an unquestionably good movie. Everyone in the world has an opinion. Everybody in the world is entitled to their opinion. Ice castles. <laughs> I, you know. Likewise, on the flip side of the coin, there is no good. There is no such thing as an unquestionably bad movie. Somewhere on this planet, I guarantee you, there is at least one human being whose favorite movie is Ishtar. Okay? My, the, the only point I'm trying to make on this is that saying that Dark Knight is an unquestionably good movie is an absolutely ridiculous statement. It's, I'm sorry, it's just ridiculous. There are people that are going to think it sucks, you know, or that it's just not a good movie. There's just no no such thing as an unquestionably good I, movie. There's no such thing as an unquestionably anything. Everything that exists is unque- is questionable. I can't believe a ridiculous statement was made on the internet. That's shocking to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the I other think he quick... also calls us tards, which I yeah. sort of, I sort of invited that. I sort of yeah. asked, I sort of asked to be called names, so I invited out. A... I'm giving it was him a, a tard moment. And I'll tell you what, there's going to be more tarred moments coming up. (laughs) (laughs) You took it much nicer than I did. I don't particularly like being called a tard, but I'm not not going to hit that. I (laughs) (laughs) I think I just had one just now. I was looking at something shiny. (laughs) My other quick thing is uh, you you're totally just deflating my rant Sorry. here but I didn't want to really I didn't want to rant anyway I just really wanted to like he said hit it and quit it just get it off your right, chest just, man yeah exactly this thing about our our dark night epi- all right 
for anybody that hasn't heard that episode, for anybody who doesn't know, our Dark Knight episode, we basically did not like the movie and went into depth about why we didn't like the movie. Chris was kind of softer on it than I was. I really just ripped it up. I, I just didn't like the damn movie. And we got this a number of times from a number of people that were both shocked and horrified that, oh my God, how can you not just absolutely fucking love this movie? But we also got accused quite a number of times of doing that episode and, and doing it the way we did it simply to draw attention to ourselves or simply for ratings or simply to, you know, for attention. That's bullshit. Well, then we also did we also did our Clone Wars episode where we liked it and everybody was kind of hating on it. And we kind of yeah, both liked yeah. it. So, so we're kind of getting that reputation of being, you know, counter popular, you know, popular opinion. That it's just that's just the way it shakes out. It just happens that way. We're not planning these things this way. It just ha- I liked Clone Wars. I mean, I didn't love it, but it was I thought it was an entertaining movie. I didn't feel like I'd pissed away eight bucks. You know what I mean? That that's the point on Clone Wars. This thing with the Dark Knight is, you know, I, I I'm sorry. I'm just I'm not a person to quash my opinions about things just for the sake. You know, I'm not a conformist in any way, shape, or form. You know, I didn't like the movie. I thought it was worth discussing that I didn't like the movie. And it, it, frankly, no offense to the poster, this really pisses me off. I don't like being accused of just simply, well, you just did it for attention. Well, look, you know, Chris and I are losing money in this venture. I mean, we're doing this shit for fun. We're not making any money. So what, what would be the point of doing it? for attention or even rating sake other than to say, oh, wow, we got a lot of downloads from that episode. Yeah, that's great, but it doesn't put fucking money in my pocket. So ultimately, what's the point? It's nice to have listeners. It's nice to have people come on board. But ultimately, I want people to enjoy the show and I want people to be getting, you know, if nothing, if you don't take anything else away from our show, I want you to take away the, the, the fact that we're not full of shit as far as honesty. You know, I'm giving you my honest opinion. You don't have to agree with me. You know, we had somebody that came on the forum and gave me shit because I said that I liked the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie. I did like it. I thought it was cool. I understand that everybody else thought it was a piece of shit. That I'm cool with that. I'm used to liking movies that other people don't like. That That's fine with me. But this was my chance. This was my turn to like or to dislike a movie that everybody else liked. It's it just the way it shakes out. I wasn't doing it, and Chris was not doing it simply for attention. And that that that's the end of that rant. That's all I wanted to say. On that. <laughs> yeah, my skin's like eight inches thick, so <laughs> it uh, it's just like uh, I've sprayed myself with some sort of cosmic Scotch guard, so all that stuff just beads up and rolls off. Well, I mean, I I don't know. Am I am I acting thick, uh, thin-skinned about it? I don't no, mean to be thin-skinned. You're, just, you're just sensitive, man. It's okay. Well, I'm just tired of hearing the same. <laughs> tired of hearing that that one criticism came up. I don't know how many times that you know it was it was basically incredulity. Is that the right word? Sure. Yeah, I'm a they little bit tipsy. Incredulous. Yeah, I was, you know, no, but not me. Other people. Yeah. Other people yeah, yeah. found it simply unbelievable that we did not just think that movie was wonderful. Uh-huh. And I, I was just trying to give an honest opinion. Yeah. Here, I didn't think it was wonderful, and here's why. And I cannot count the number of of responses and emails and even people in person telling me, "I can't believe you didn't like that movie." Well, that's, you know, 
that's the internet's baby. Maybe. Well, I mean, I got to get I got to get you a list of the things that I've been called. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been called I've, plenty. But... I've been told that I've been told that I should have been aborted <laughs> numerous times on the same <laughs> on the same comment sheet. Well, I, you know, I, it, this this just occurred to me. I, I guess this is the bottom line of that whole thing. This this thought just occurred to me. You know what it is. You know what it what, what gets me? It's not. I don't think it's being thin thin skinned. It's that I, I feel like my opinion was dismissed out of hand. Like like oh, it, yeah. it doesn't count because it because everybody else feels differently. Yeah. And that hurts. I mean that that's honestly that's a hurtful feeling to feel like people just go, oh, he's an idiot. Well, you know. That- well, when you when 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 you toss something out on the internet, odds are you're gonna get all kinds of you know, you're tossing it out into the ether, into the mass, mass unconscious. So you're gonna get the you're gonna get good stuff. You're gonna get evenly measured, thought out responses, and then you're gonna get people that that are you know are anonymous, are fairly anonymous. Who, oh, but I who expect just, who just who just don't think and respond or respond in a certain way and then you're going to get like 10 year old kids who are just trying to get you wound up which we haven't really been getting that because we haven't really been in like a really super public sort of forum it's mostly been people you know kids won't listen to our whole show just to come onto our forum and, and pick on us whereas if you go to something like craigslist you go to like some public forum where you're supposed to discuss something on Craigslist, and half of it is like grown people arguing with like ten-year-old kids who are getting on, going, "You're all stupid," blah 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 blah, and then waiting for everybody to freak out. Trolling, trolling, trolling. See, trolling. I expect I expect all of that because you know, I mean, I've been around, I know how the internet works. I expect all that, but this is really the first yeah. time I can recall ever having something like this happen where there was not one defender there was not one person that said hey he's got a valid point you know yeah. most everybody was like oh you guys are crazy i knew you we know? were gonna, i knew we were going to be accused of being contrarians after those two episodes but that's fine you know that's why i sort of played up the picture with it with you know hey as a bat jumped the shark that was kind of a um you know that was kind of a little troublemaker of a title you know i mean I mean, it's kind of ridiculous to suppose that the, to say the whole franchise jumped the shark with that movie, which so a lot fault. of people said. Yeah, oh, sure, I'll take all blame. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> Throw it all my way, man. It just bounces off. I love it. Okay, well, I, I, can, I can live with that then. Bring all right, on, so man. it's agitating bastard. Exactly. Hey, I'm the one who came up with the trailer trash talk, too, man. I thought I was so cool. Oh, did you? Yeah. I couldn't remember. I thought we came up with it together. No, all right. Well, I'll give you. I'll give you credit. It was all me, man. It was it's all Chris's me. fault. I do all of it. All right. Well, they can direct the lawsuit your way then. You can take. Um, you can take the credit for the good stuff too, man. I don't care. Okay. I'll, all humble. right. Well, that works. I'll take the credit <laughs> for the good stuff, and you take the credit for you know like lawsuits and shit like that. Fine, that works. Man. Fine. Sue me. All right. Sue me. You can't get blood from a stone. <laughs> all right. Lastly, we got to move this along. Yes. Yeah, two other two other quick things. Um. This really, uh, this makes me just so sad. I, this is just really just a, a, a quick story. I don't know where I'm going with this other than I just want to share it with you guys. <sighs> I work nights. You know, I got off from work this morning and I stopped by our local grocery store, which is called Publix. I don't know if you guys have them in the north. They're all they're all over down here in the south. No. 
It's kind of like an A and P kind of thing. If, sure. you, if do they still have A and P in New York? Uh, not around here, but they probably still do. Around here, it's called Wegmans. We've got a well, lot yeah, of it's kind of like a Weg. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like a Wegmans. Yeah. Grocery. So chain. they're like, you know, yeah, they're one of the big grocery chains down here. Very nice, you know, very upscale type of play, you know, clean, clean, friendly, all that sort of thing. Anyway, one of the things that keeps me coming back to Publix, one of the things that I really like, probably the number one thing I like. They have a. They used to have a nice comic section, comic books. Slowly over the course, I'd say the last six months, maybe even to a year, I've had this. You know, my spidey sense has been going off. They've slowly been whittling that section down. Sure. You know, they they went from having most of your major Marvel and DCs down to the more popular, sure, and then they went titles. down to like those those collected ones, like the. Uh, you know the Marvel flip books, where like half of it is like New Avengers, and then the other side is like, uh, oh, I don't know, you know, one of the other titles, yeah. uh, I, you know, like Young X Men or some shit like that. And you know, it's slowly whittled down and whittled down and whittled down, and then lately it had been like one or two like rows of comics, and then the rest of it was like kitty books, you know, like uh, oh, I don't know, like Dora the Explorer story books or coloring books or activity sticker books, you know, shit like that. But they still had comics. And I would go in there from time to time because every once in a while, you know, I, I don't know, I just get an itch to pick something up that maybe I don't regularly buy. And I'll pick it up, thumb through it, and hell, I might buy, you know, some. I might discover a new title that way, you know, or just, you know, so-and-so's got some guest appearance in Wolverine that I didn't know about or some shit, you know, just whatever. I like that. I like that there are still places in the world that have a fucking comic rack, you know, that they're not all gone the way of the dinosaur, shops, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, because we don't have a decent comic shop in this town, and that that's going to be a rant for another day. Anyway, I went in there this morning, and they'd had this major uh, reset, you know, re remodeling. And so I hunted the whole store, finally found the magazine book aisle, went down there, and god damn it, no more comic books. So I went straight to the customer service department. By this part, I you know, I had like half a cart full of stuff. I go up to the customer service thing and I'm like, you know, where's the comics? You know, you guys moved all your magazines and stuff. Where'd you where'd you move the comic books to? And the girl's like, Well, you know, they made these decisions, blah, 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 no more comic books. I was like, God damn it, you know? So, you know, I, I lodged a, a complaint and everything, and I could tell, you know, just by the reaction that I got that it was basically falling on deaf ears that she's looking at me like, yeah. you know, dude, you're 40 years old. What the fuck are you buying comic books for anyway? Yeah, you piss it into the wind. So, you know, I don't know where I'm going with this other than the fact of I really lament the fact that, you know, granted, I live in a goddamn cow town anyway, but there's nowhere left in this town that sells comics. Nowhere. There's nothing and, like that experience of going to a little mom and pop store and getting the comic off the rack like we used to. I hear it all the time. This, you know, the older guys like us lamenting the fact of, you know, what's going to happen to comics when we're gone? You know, what happens when they get so expensive we can't buy them? Or what happens when we die? Whatever. Where, where are comics going to go? I don't know where the fuck they're going to go because, you know, everybody says kids these days aren't reading comics. I don't want to believe that, but, you know, I, I, I can't deny the evidence of my eyes. If, if there's not on the racks, if they're not – I mean, when I was a kid, when you you and I were kids, you couldn't swing a dead cat and not knock over one of those old Hey Kids comic spinner racks. Well, we would go we, – we would have to go to two or three different places to scare up different titles. We had to go to – 
that place in Watertown to find the swamp things half the time would be at right. that at that one old guy's magazine cigar store and the one in Carthage pretty much covered all the Marvel stuff. And I mean off the top of my head, just I mean just just on a quick, quick recollection, I can think of four places right off the top of my head that when we were kids had not only like a comic rack, but I mean like they had I mean they had everything and they had, you know, they had maybe even a section in like the regular magazines that was all I mean uh huh. They were they were everywhere. If you went into a drugstore or a cigar shop or, you know, your local grocery or you know, meat market or anything, chances are there was at least a smidgen of comic books. And now nothing. I mean, you, you don't see them at gas stations. You don't see them at convenience stores. I mean, kids, you know, a, a 12-year-old kid is not going to go online and order his books through some mail order. So no, they're just they not. To, have to go to like Walden Books or, you know, Barnes & Noble or something like that. I don't know. It just it really it kills me. It, it, you know, I just hate to see that happen. So I went on and I you know I found the Publix website, which I think was just Publix.com. I forget. I went in and I you know I told him a little sob story about it. Probably nothing will come of it, but I just I don't know. I thought it worth throwing out out there. You never know. Hopefully, hopefully other people are complaining too, and that that will get a response if enough people do. It'd be nice places. to think so. But. Is that uh, are those all your talking points? Yeah, that was it. Um, one last real quick thing. Um, I just wanted to uh, uh, give a quick shout out. Um, he has a larger audience than we do anyway, so maybe he doesn't need it. But I thought it was worth throwing out there. Um, Will Sanchez does a, uh, a brand new podcast. He's got a couple episodes out already. It's called Avengers Assemble. It is uh, an Avengers centric podcast. Not the British TV show, but the comic book Marvel Comics Avengers. Um, I guested oh, on point. the second episode, and I'm going to be um, on future episodes, I believe. At least one future episode. So, uh, just uh, throwing it out there. Um, give Will's uh, show a listen and support him. You know, he's uh, he's really trying to trying to fill that niche and uh, and doing an admirable job. You know, he's he's. Reading all the books and getting up to speed, and uh, and Will's just a great guy. So, I imagine know, you'll see him on our show sometime in the future. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we want to get him on here and talk about uh, talk about some other, you know, because he's into a lot of other stuff besides Avengers. But you know, there was that that need came up on a on a forum discussion that you know why isn't there a show about the Avengers? And I, I just think it's great that you know Will Will you know picked that up and said you know he he stepped forward you know and said I'll do that you know I'll, I'll fill that niche I'll, I'll take that on and. I mean the Avengers, man. That's that's a hell of a thing. I mean that's you know that's a, that's a book with you know what forty something years of continuity, yeah. some very convoluted continuity, a lot of characters to keep up with, a lot of storylines, a lot of creators, and you know they've ventured into other media too. You know they've been animated. You know there's a movie coming up. So I mean that you know that's when it's you think about the history. On, yeah. yeah, yeah. When you think about the history of the Avengers, that's a big damn deal to pick up and say, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll tackle that. I, and so I applaud him. And uh, and I just want to say, you know, give him your support. You know, give him a listen. Let him know, you know, what you think. Give him pointers, that sort of thing. And uh, and uh, support Will's podcast. Yeah, check it out. And uh, with that, do we need to take a break before we get into the main show? Yeah, let's let's take a break and come back with our Halloween haunted Star Trek moments that used to scare the living shit out of us when we were kids. 
<laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Oh, baby, you know it's Halloween time. So get your lighter out and light up the pumpkin. Because these two are about to get truly freaky up on that Star Trek shit. You know it, baby. You know it. I just can't get it out of my head. <laughs> All right. We'll be hearing so, a lot of that in this episode, I'm sure. Captain right, so- Cake! Captain <laughs> Cake! So, Chris, Chris accused me of being a Mr. Spoiler in another episode. Well, he was Mr. Spoiler this time because he let the topic out of the bag, which it's probably not really in the bag by this point anyway, but... Our topic for this one, and man, I we I think we've both been kind of kind of anxious to get to this one. We've we've been meaning to get to Star Trek for a while. This is going to be an all Star Trek, the classic '60s Captain Kirk era episode, wherein we're going to discuss. We're going to try to keep it to a format of our top five, but we'll probably wander all over the place. But basically, these are our top five, like. When we were kids, and this is going to seem really kind of funny, I guess, probably especially to younger listeners that look at the 60s show and go, man, that show's nothing but cheese and goofiness and silly effects and silly costumes and bad makeup and bad acting. But, you know, when we were kids, it was a simpler time. There wasn't as much in-your-face horror. You know, there weren't, like, scary video games and all this shit that, that kids are exposed to today. So, you know, our thrills and chills and spills and all that shit, you know, based on like TV and movies, it was simpler. It was a lot more innocent than, than what's presented today. And one of the things when we were kids that, you know, was scary a lot of times was episodes of Star Trek. I mean, there were some that literally just scared the piss out of me when I was a kid. And I was kind of surprised to find that, you know, Chris feels the same way. There were a lot of, you know, spooky, scary you know, elements of a lot of classic Star Trek shows. So we decided to do this as, as one of our two Halloween specials, or, or you can call this the pre-Halloween special, whatever. We're just going to basically go down our, our top five scariest 
Star Trek memories from, from when we were kids. You know, the, the top five things that just, you know, made you hide on the couch or, you know, go go that's find your parents. That's coming up. Yeah. So that's where we're going. And, uh, and we're going to go ahead. I'm going to let Chris, uh, Chris go uh yeah, speaking one. of hiding behind the couch, um, yeah, there's there's an element of when you're a little kid, and, and I think most people are like this when you're a little kid, and I've sort of grown up with this too and, and retained it to some degree, and I think it's a healthy um, healthy way to be. It's uh, there's, a, there's a really great book by uh, Robert Shea and Robert Anton Wilson called The Illuminatus Trilogy. And there's a great little soliloquy one of the characters has in it about, um, you know, the perfect attitude. They're, they're recruiting people for this underground movement, and they look for people who, when they uh, when they hear a story or, a, say, a conspiracy theory or something, when they hear it, 100% of them, believe, they believe it while they're hearing it. You know, 100%, they, they're going along with it, and they believe it. And then, after that, that's when they start doubting it and, and picking it apart. But the initial, you know, there's a, a process of initially feeding it in and taking it as complete reality. And uh, as a little kid, you're like that. Like when I was really little, like some of my earliest memories are watching something on TV that was really intense. I remember being a real little kid and being in a hotel room with my parents and we were watching uh, Help, The Beatles' Help. And there's that scene where Ringo gets sucked down a tube and there's a tiger scratching at him and stuff. And that freaked me out. And there was another time when I remember seeing part of one of the... I can't remember which Sean Connery um, bond it was where he gets shot down a tunnel and comes out in a fake moon landing site. But those made huge... You know, they were really... I just remember them intensely and one of those memories was of of Star Trek and I was uh my parents were visiting uh some friends and we were over at their house and they put the kids to bed but I like snuck up and they were in the living in like the dining room talking and the TV was on in the living room so I snuck down and I was watching an episode of Star Trek now anything I watched on TV at this time I can't remember how young I was if I was even you know, school age at that point. But I remember it was um, the the devil in the dark with the Horda. And, uh, you know, seeing the scene with the guy, you know, he's just he's just walking around checking out the, the mining operation and all of a sudden a big shadow looms over him and all that's left of him is his outline burnt into the ground, you know, just a little residue in the outline of a person roughly burnt it, and I remember seeing that and just flipping the hell out, but, it, <laughs> you know, completely just going, oh my god, that guy's dead, and uh, by midway through that episode, I was behind the couch and just peeking out, and of course, I couldn't stop watching. I had to watch the whole thing. Now, a lot of people think that I, that was traumatic <laughs> but I think it's a great you know it's I love that memory <laughs> it's great <laughs> you know I was so I could watch the cheesiest movie there was some cheesy movie about uh, you know an abominable s snowman starring Yvette Mimieux that's all I remember 
the beginning of that movie scared the hell out of me. I watched it like a couple years ago. I found a download of a cheesiest, stupid thing ever in the entire world. But I remember watching that Devil in the Dark, and by the time Spock's doing a mind meld with it, you know, I was about ready to crawl out of my skin. You know, it's just freaking me out. That's that's a great. That's basically a horror episode of of Star Trek. Mm -hmm. There there were there were quite a few episodes that were pretty much horror. They they covered all all sorts of genres right down to westerns. But um and not necessarily the horrific ones were some of the most scary uh, scary moments on my list. Some of them are. A lot of them are. But uh not always. You know, so it some of the most freaky things from Star Trek were just a moment in one episode, you know, that an ima a visual image or something. You know, obviously one really good potent image was, uh, I can't remember the character's name, but he turned out to be like the little guy, you know, come, have some Tranya. Remember that? <laughs> that's it was Ron the head Howard's that... Brother. The, oh, oh my that's, god. That's uh, Clint Howard. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. And he You're still right. looks like that, the poor I know. bastard. I know. Come, have some Tranya. And, I uh, used to like the way he laughed in that episode. <laughs> he was like, ah, <laughs> ha, 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 ha. like, that kid is creepy. Yeah. <laughs> that kid's slightly out of sync. <laughs> and uh, But that creature that, you know, that he was projecting over, you know, to the, to the Enterprise, they always used it. The, uh, that, you know, I mean, they knew that was such a potent image. Well, anyway, that was my first. My first entry is, is Devil in the Dark. You know, come on, no kill eye. <laughs> the hamburger, doesn't that? Doesn't he look like a big cheeseburger? The he's like looks a like kind. A yeah, he's got some pizza in there too, though. <laughs> he's got some mozzarella working on on top there. You know, sort of like Pizza the Hut. Yeah, I love. I love that. I really do. Because I like that one because it's got some great screams in it. Because you know. You, you see, you know, it's, yeah. it's from the hoarder's perspective, and you just see him like rush at like one of the security guys, and all you hear is like, yeah! you see him, you just get to see him like throw their arm up and like fall backwards, you know, and and somebody threw a carpet over him or something, you know. Yeah, that one, that one's that one's really creepy, and it's got great scenes where they're like, "Come on, let's go after," it, and they crawl into a little thin tunnel, you know, sort of predating Alien. And stuff like that. I like that one too because uh, it's one of those classic, like misunderstood monster right. stories. Because at the end of it, you know, you you find out that you know it, it was really it was in self-defense. It didn't right, want were, to hurt anybody, you know. But they were harvesting its eggs. Right. So you know, it was really it was a it was a mother defending her her children, which you know when you think about it, what what is more noble than that, really? You know, yeah. and, than, and, than a mother defending her babies. And it was also a testament to how um, how um, Star Trek really was very optimistic about human nature, mm -hmm. because at the end, when they found out that. Um, you know, there was this other life form. There was a life form on the planet that they didn't detect because it was a silicon life form rather than a carbon-based life form, which was a neat idea too. That was a neat, neat little idea in, in that one. But um, so as soon as they found found that out, they pretty much, you know, stopped operations at the mine, 
and we're like, okay, we have to rethink this because we're destroying, so, you know. Whereas in reality, <laughs> it would probably be more of a cover-up that these yeah. things ever, they were just like, well, I don't know, let's just pretend they never exist and find out how to kill. Oh, we can flush, you know, DW-76 right down through these holes and that just kills them, so. Yeah. And well, see, take the care Horda, of that. I always thought the Horda was damn lucky that it didn't live on like a rainforest planet because then it would be just plain screwed, you know, because who's going to stop defoliating, you know, just because the right. Horda lives. Right. But since it was supposedly, you know, as far as we can assume, the sole life form on this planet. But you're right. That That is a good episode. It's good in a lot of ways. I mean, Sp Spock's got some really good moments in that one. Oh, where yeah. Mind, you know, mind melts and he's like, you know, Going, you know, he's like really in pain, you know, talking about the children and the end of all things and all. I like that. And uh, well, there's, there's that a moment where he's gonna lay his hands on the thing, and you're wondering because this thing's been just like sizzling oh, yeah. people down, and it looks like it's made out of molten lava. So you see him like, you know, yeah. it's a very dramatic moment where he puts his hands down, and you're wondering, are they just gonna start smoking and sizzling? Yeah, you're right. You know. You're right, because I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, as a, as a child, I can remember watching that one and, and thinking, "Oh, don't touch it, Mr. Spock." You know, it's, it's, it's going to hurt. Yeah. yeah, right. I hadn't. I forgot all about that. That's a that's an excellent point. It's an excellent point. Well, I remember seeing. I think it was a video that used to be out. I, I forget, but there was one of these interview things. It was like a convention appearance with Shatner and Nimoy together. And Shatner finally answered the question, you know, what was his favorite episode? And he cited that episode for, for entirely different reasons. It had something to do with the death of his father at the time. But, uh, yeah, he, he cites that as his favorite episode. And if you watch Kirk in that episode, he is very different from the way he acts in other... He's, he does seem a lot more contemplative and, and kind of sullen and, and very... You know, Shatner is very over the top, you know, and very, yeah. he's got a very Shatner-esque, you know. He's an emoter. Yeah, and that one, very different, very, very different. You know, he's he's much more, you know, playing it on a, on a lower level in that. But I may, I think that makes it that much better in that episode. Yeah. You know, he, he really, there's one part where one of his crewmen is killed, and when they find the, the little, you know, trough spot where the guy's yeah. dead. Just watch Kirk in that part, and he really looks like he feels that death personally. You know, I mean, he really looks torn. He's up a method about actor, also, so he was probably channeling his feelings about his father. Yeah, I'm into sure. All the death in that episode, you know. So I'm sure. Absolutely. Was that your uh, Was that your number five? That was my number five or whatever. I don't have them in any particular order. So oh, yeah, I, they I all don't... pretty much creep me out. Is equally <laughs> my, my number one and two I've got in a very specific order because they are the top two that, that really were my scary the other ones just kind of as they come to me or as you know as they occur but this one I'll, I'll make this one my number five only because this this will answer the uh, the tease at the beginning of the of the episode um, I'm gonna throw out there the and I can't remember what the hell these alien guys were, were called but you'll know exactly who I'm talking about the first pilot for Star Trek was an episode called The Cage, which actually oh, did yeah. not air. It was later uh, recycled, and, and the plot and the major footage of that episode was recycled into a two-part, the only two-part classic episode called The Menagerie, 
which was the story where you know it re it told in flashback this story of Captain Pike. You know, he was captured and put into this like interplanetary zoo. Well, the dudes that that captured him, the alien guys that captured him and kept him down below, I can't remember what they're called. They're called like the Thalians or some friggin' thing. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't. Remember anyway, either. I remember watching this episode as a as a kid, and uh, I don't know if I'd ever seen it before or not at that point. But we're watching this episode, me and whoever I was with at the time. You know, another child. I can't. It might have been you. It might have been Randy. I can't remember. Anyway, we're watching this episode. My dad walks into the room. Not a big Star Trek fan, but he'd seen a lot of it, you know. So he walks into the room, sees the alien, and goes, "Oh, it's the Assheads episode." And you know, being <laughs> a kid, when you're a kid, swearing is really funny, you know. So that's always stuck with me because these do these aliens literally do they look do like have they've ass got a heads. pair of butt cheeks on the back of their head. So to me, they've always been the Assheads. And I was talking to uh, Will Sanchez the other day, and and he just thought that was hilarious that you know that I called them the assheads. So that's where that comes from. Anyway, this one makes my list because they did freak me out as a kid. Not not in that really like scary, make you piss your pants way, but in that uncomfortable like I wouldn't want to watch. I wouldn't want to discover them watching me play on the playground as a child kind of way. You know that creepy kind of like you know creepy uncle kind of way. You know what I mean? They just made me, you know, feel kind of skeezy when they were on this. Because they get inside your head. Yeah, well, that that one guy, the the major head asshead guy, tell me that that dude didn't look like Dr. Bellows from I Dream of Genie. You're right. And I always thought that dude was creepy, too. So now you've got a guy I already think is creepy from that show. Now he's an assheaded alien. That he just creeped me the fuck out, man. Yeah. I just I, I couldn't. And to this day, I'll watch that one, and I think that that's one of the things that always kept that from being one of my more favorite episodes was those those damn aliens were just they, did, they just freaked me out, and they were all like sort of like like asexual because there's one I'm pretty sure is a woman, but you're yep. not quite sure. So it's got that like path they've evolved to beyond like yeah a lot of sexual differentiation. But they've got a big pair of ass cheeks on the back of their head. I mean, how creepy is that? I wouldn't want to have to go out in public and, like, you know, go to the grocery store and I got, you know, my ass is on my head. And it's you know, throbbing. I may, have been, I may have been accused at times of having my head up my ass, but I wouldn't want to go out in public like that, you well, know? Don't, don't, don't forget that it's throbbing with the worst case of hemorrhoids <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, my God. They did that effect well, too, because it does look like a... Like a throbbing roid right on the side of their ass head. You're right. You're right. Oh, I'm glad they, were... they never. I'm glad they never spread those cheeks, man. I don't want to know what's in there. You know what I'm no. saying? How do you? How do you? <laughs> never mind. I'm not even gonna go there. Right. <laughs> now I'm you, intrigued. Do you think they have to wipe? Yeah, they probably have some sort of setup like those towels, those um, that you see in a, in some restrooms where the towel just sort of feeds in and cycles back. They probably have some sort of thing like that on some sort of electrical rotating thing that they can just lean their heads back on. Oh man, they need hats. That's they what I want. I want to see them do a special edition where like George Lucas goes in and puts like ten gallon hats on all those guys. I would love that. All right, anyway, what's, what's your number four? Um, my next one is... Oh, 
<laughs> the um, salt sucker from Man Trap. I wondered if that was going to be. I n never did like that episode. Really? And that, monster, that one always freaked me out. Monster, really? That monster never scared me. I don't know why. It should have. It should have scared the hell out of me, but it didn't. And that one never. I don't know why. I always thought it was very it was very creepy, and there was never anything really like it before, you know. And it looked like something that would suck the salt out of you. And it was great because all through the show, you saw the people with the little sucker marks on them, and you're wondering what's going on. You know and what? It just that had I... that whole creepy, shimmery creature that talked to the dot. You know, that was keeping him unnaturally young. And, you know, the dream woman, and then McCoy was, you know, she was working McCoy, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't Spock end up, Spock ends up, like, beating the shit out of her at the end. In McCoy's quarters, she's, she's moving right. in for the kill, and Spock comes in and start and, and, you know, McCoy's still blinded by the the fake vision of the, the beautiful blonde girl, and, and Spock just starts beating her about the face. He's doing that like two fisted roundhouse, yep. just clubbing the hell. And he's like, Could the real so and so, whatever her name is, take this? Could she take a punch like this? <laughs> McCoy's going, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's funny in that episode, he's beating the hell out of this alien and like knocking it all about. And then, like, you know, later episodes, they'll go down to a planet and it's like a bunch of like skinny, scrawny dudes and they come in and like knock him out. You know, it's like, where the hell is Spock's like titanic strength then? You know, when they really need it, he doesn't do anything, but he can smack a bitch about, you know. I just don't, I don't get it. Um, and if I'm, you know, if I'm not mistaken, doesn't that creature pop up in another episode just like in the background and it's like a trophy and like. I want to say it might be the one with Trelane, but I can't remember. Oh I my god, Trelane, that's right. I think that I don't creature know. pops up again in another episode. You know, I mean not not like in the you know, I mean not like in your face, but like in the background is like a like a stuffed, stuffed animal. Kind stuffed of. animal or something, it's very possible. But you know, that was but for, I don't for know. Star Trek, that actually was a really good monster. That was another, that episode was pretty much a horror episode, you know, it was mysterious deaths and a mysterious situation. That was the first aired episode, too. Oh, was it? Mantrap was the first one that actually, it wasn't the first produced, you know, the first one in production order, it's actually like number six, I think, but it was the first one that actually was on the air, which, in a, to me at least, kind of explains why Star Trek didn't do as well as maybe it should have the first go around because right. it started with a weak episode. I, I've always thought that was a weak episode. Maybe I'm crazy, but I never, I never got much out of that one. Well, it's just not one of the better ones. This is this is going back to when I was a little kid. You know, by the time <clears throat> by the time we were teenagers and we were seriously like knew our our Star Trek in and out. You know, all this stuff was just hilarious for us, which will get to one of my further episodes, which was really funny for us at, at, in our teenage years, but freaked me out when I was a kid. What do you got next? My next one is... You caught me off guard. I was trying to look up about that monster. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you, you got me. You caught me. Oh, let's see. Where the heck we were we here? Um... Where the heck was I on this? Oh, okay, I think I'm going to go... I, I had several on my list. 
All right, since we're we're not necessarily uh, so far, we've done like creatures and stuff. This one's not a creature. This one was just a feeling of unease. Just a, a you know, I mean, we're talking about when we were kids and just right. being kind of scared and freaked out about Star Trek. This one is one I I, I can't pinpoint it for you. It, it was just awesome. a feeling of something wasn't quite right. It was. This is an episode called "For the World Is Hollow and I Have Touched the Sky." Now, this is an episode where they go to this asteroid, and I love this episode. Inside this asteroid was this society that's controlled by a computer, and there's like this priestess woman that goes to talk to the computer and all that. And that whole thing, it just the whole thing as a child, and you don't really get it. It's a complicated plot if you're just a small kid. You know, there's a lot of it you don't understand. It's very dark. It's a much moodier kind of episode. The music is really... And the music is, you know... I, I can't say enough about classic Star Trek music. The music makes a lot of these episodes. Because the music's just so damn creepy in so many key spots and key elements. But I think the thing that freaked me out the most about this episode... And I didn't understand it as a kid. But, you know, of course, now I, I get it totally. There's this old creepy like beggar kind of guy that comes to see Kirk and Spock and McCoy you know he comes on the yeah. slot to, to talk to them to basically tell them he knows shit's up because they don't realize they're living on an asteroid I just remembered that they don't they don't know this they don't realize that their world is an asteroid they've been in it so long yeah it's like a, like it's like a it's like a terrarium basically yeah, it's, a, it's a generational ship or something like they're at, they're actually on their way somewhere um so this guy comes and he's a very old guy and he comes and he's telling them look i know what's up and then, you know that's where the that's where the title of the show for the world is hollow and i have touched the sky comes from because he tells them that that he realizes they're in something that they're in like a ship or whatever but every time he's talking to them and this is the part i didn't understand as a kid he he keeps wincing he keeps like twitching and like his eye would like twitch and he'd, he'd just have this like nervous tick and as a kid you're like "Ooh, what what's wrong with him mommy you know and what it was was he had something in him you know like in his head i guess that the computer knew when he was saying things the computer didn't want him to discuss. Yeah. All these people did. You know, because uh, McCoy ends up getting one later on because he decides to stay with them while they implant one in him. Anyway, every time this guy would talk, he'd winch and flinch. And, and eventually, he says this line to them, and then he's like, ah! And he, you know, he's like, yeah. You know, and of course, you know, McCoy does the classic, well, he's dead, Jim. You know, the thing killed him. Now, as a kid, you're like, oh, that's just wrong. What's wrong with him? You know, why Why did that happen? And it, I remember that really freaking me out as a kid, you know, that, that there could actually be something in you, you know, like in your head that, you know, could just make you just die. You know, it's funny. Like, you know, it, that it was, really was a disturbing concept as a child. When I was a kid, that was the first, before I saw that episode, I had actually, that was the first um, episode I'd actually read in one of the James Blish anthologies of the episodes. I, I that was the first one I'd borrowed one from somebody and read that that episode before I saw it. So I already had that episode like visualized in my head, 
and those adaptions were pretty uh, they probably used a script to adapt them and um I remember seeing that episode and it was almost exactly the way I had it in my head it was really intense that's what that's a that I hadn't thought of that episode but that was great that also had the computer could could just sort of zap them when they were in the computer room yep yeah, yeah, they get electrocuted at one point, or like, yep. like, like zapped in stasis or whatever it was supposed mm-hmm. to be. But yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that too. Yeah, I thought that computer was creepy because the cu- computer had that like really deep, you know, really, you know, uh, authoritative. You know, yeah. it, it sounded a lot like it might have. It might have been uh, James Doohan actually. He did a lot of those ah. voices because you wouldn't recognize his voice because you're used to hearing him as a as a you know with a Scottish brogue. Yeah, it's but like Walter Koenig when he would do post Star Trek stuff without the Russian accent. Mm-hmm. What you got next? I was saying I think we should uh, take a break. Oh, okay, cool. And come back with the rest of our list. Excellent. All right, we'll be right back. We're recording. Go. No more blah, blah, blah! Bye, fuck, I'm here! That's my only cheesy uh, Halloween voice I'll do. <laughs> but we're back again, and it's my turn for another creeped out part of... And mine's another monster, and uh, it's the whole episode. It's called Operation Annihilate, and it was oh, those jellyfish pizza creatures. The pizza creatures! This was another one that we used to pick on once we were teenagers, but when I was a kid, that freaked me out for one like there were a lot when they got there it was like a whole colony was wiped out and including i think like kirk's brother i think kirk's brother was on he was like oh, i'm looking you know he was kind of worried about it because they had lost contact with it or something or you know who that distress. guy is no when he turns him over and you get a look at him you know who it is no it's shatner oh really they did, they did for those split things and it's actually shatner with a mustache <laughs> <laughs> Shit, you're not. The next time you watch that episode, look at look at Sam, his brother. Sam Kirk, it, right? Yep, it's it's Kirk with a mustache. And uh, so there's this, you know, they they figure out it's these pizza creatures that are killing everybody, and you know, there's that one scene where they're just coming at him on the strings. They're outside, and they're sort of clink. They're you later find out it's they're trying to stay out of the sunlight, but they're sort of clinging to the ceiling 
of, uh, and I think they discover him because someone walks under there. Maybe it was even Spock, but eventually Spock gets one on his back, and they just start dropping and sticking to people's backs and flying at people. And I remember them just like putting the phasers on them and just opening up with the phasers for a long time. It took a long time before these things would just like drop from the top. And they ended up like attaching to Spock's back and connecting to his entire nervous system to take him over. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe Scott, Spock survived because he was a Vulcan. Which is usually the reason Spock could do anything that he had to do you know for the to further the story but those things freaked me out you know i don't i don't think when i was that young i might not even known like what a jellyfish was so they were completely an alien idea idea to me you know they were completely weird and they made a weird little squishy squeaky noise yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, they were they were they were creepy. They were very yeah. creepy. I but you know, I just that thought of something. Scare the hell how out did, of me. How did they fly? They just they they just they they had them on. Well, they used strings. <laughs> oh no! I mean, I mean, I mean, in the world of Star Trek itself, I mean, what what in the hell power would they have to like uh, uh, of locomotion? You know, I mean, they were just a little blob of, of yeah. Like, well, you like would think it would be like a too long is what they look like. You would think maybe like like a flying squirrel, they're more of a glider or something, but these things sort of flap, wiggled around, you know, as much as they could get them to wiggle around by having, you know, the the production assistant waggle them on the end of the stick. But they, Have you, you ever... know, they were like sort of flapping their wings because they, they were flying at them like frisbees. People were ducking. <laughs> did, you ever, did you ever see the Star Trek bloopers? Oh, I think I have. Is the you know in the in the actual you know aired episode you know the episode that you can watch on you know TV or DVD or whatever, you know the the thing comes loose, swings through the air because it's obviously on a on a wire, right? And smacks him right in the back, you know, and then he goes into the whole, <gasps> you know, he's freaking out yeah. in his Spock moment. But there's a blooper in the Star Trek blooper reel where the thing comes loose, swings through the air, and smacks him right on the ass. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> See, that's what that's one of the good things about nowadays, you know, we can gripe about the old days. But in the old days, you would maybe read about that in a book, but unless you lived near a major city or something, you could go to one of the conventions where they would screen the actual bloopers on a on a movie screen, you know, a tore up copy of them probably on a movie screen. You couldn't see that stuff. There was, you know, it was like the holy grail. Now it's just like you want to see every Star Trek blooper ever made? You just go on YouTube and it's two seconds away, you know? I, You, you know what I watched on YouTube a couple What's weeks that? ago? What's that? The original version of Thomas Edison's Frankenstein. Never heard of that. Because it was one of those movies that nobody thought existed any... It would always be like in those horror... Books oh, you mean you that would, Thomas Edison actually... Oh, okay, yes, I have heard of there this. Would, okay, there was only one frame of it that anybody had ever seen, and it was of the monster, and they didn't even know if it was a frame or a publicity shot, but there was a shot of the monster, and it looked like this really screwed-up, disheveled guy with long hair, sort of scarecrow-looking. And uh, it was always like, Thomas Edison was the first person to film Frankenstein, but, you know, it's such... All the film is 
degraded and there's no copies of it. Well, right here in Rochester, we have the Eastman Museum for George Eastman of Eastman Kodak. Kodak is from Rochester. And uh, so at the Eastman House, the rumor has it is that they pretty much have a print of just about every movie ever made. And I would believe it because they pull out brand new beautiful prints of stuff that, you know, where do you, where do you get, you know, where, we, we saw, I saw Andy Warhol's Frankenstein there in 3D with the original, you know, process. They needed special lenses to project it in 3D. Unbelievable, you know, weekly, every, like five times a week they're showing some movie that you, you know, you know, you can go and every once in a while something will come up like Jaws, you know, which, oh, well, everybody's seen Jaws, but on a big screen, you know, getting to see Jaws on a big screen is a new thing altogether for a lot of people. And for other people, it's something that they haven't seen in 30 years, 35 years. So, so one day they dug up the copy of Frankenstein here and lo and behold, there it is on YouTube, you know, dumpty dumpty dum. Oh, that's that movie that was rumored to be just one frame that was like lost that nobody ever thought, you know, I always was had it in my brain. Well, nobody will ever get to see that movie and now I'm watched it. And it was disappointing. <laughs> it was interesting as a historical thing. Cool. But anyway, all that from the jellyfish pizza creatures from <laughs> Operation Annihilate. I love that title, Operation Annihilate. That Did- one's also disturbing um, besides the, the pizza creatures is there were a number of episodes on my list you know, that, that were potential candidates because they were disturbing for something that disturbed me as a child. And I, I don't know if this is a universally chi- child thing or maybe it was just me, but mental illness or, or like people like really freaked out, freaked me out a lot as a kid. And there's a lot of Star Trek episodes with like people that like aren't right in the head. And in that episode, Captain Kirk's sister-in-law, I mean, the, the acting is, like, way over the top, and she's, you know, she's like, dying from that creature being, like, in her, like, nervous system. Nervous and system. So, like, every time you see her, she's, like, screaming and freaking out and twitching and flailing, and you're like, god damn, you know? And as a kid, that used to freak yeah. me out. So, I mean, not only were the pizza creatures, you know, scary and creepy and slimy and all that, but then you got her and her constant, like, wailing and, like, just, like, you know, nobody wants to be around <laughs> somebody who's like that like that you know it, it makes everybody uncomfortable she made me uncomfortable as a kid i was like you she's she's not right you know well something one thing that's always that's always and still does and i always like it in horror movies that I, that is always very creepy to me is when a story starts with people coming into a situation where something fucked up has happened really bad and there's only a few people left alive and it's been ravaged by something, and they're just walking into a, you know, a bear oh, trap. That, yeah, it's that whole Dawn of the Dead type Dawn of scenario. the Dead yeah. or, or Aliens, the sequel, you know, the second Alien movie, oh, yeah. where all of a sudden they're like, oh, let's go to this colony. They go to the colony, and it's just ravaged. And, you know, as the viewer, you're usually like a half step ahead of it, so you're watching it going, oh, this isn't good. These guys are screwed, you know. Where, where you just start to get the get the picture of what happened to 
the people before them and what they're about to get a taste of, you know. And that was one of those episodes, you know. They're coming into this planet and it's like there's only a few people left and they're screwed up. And, the, and meanwhile, they're there. I think at the end, they end up wiping out all the... In a very um, non-Starfleet um, manner, they end up wiping out all the creature. I think they put like a bunch of satellites around the planet to hit them with yeah. the, the kind of light that destroys them. Yeah. And that's right, because Spock had his extra, his inner eyelid. Yeah. His Vulcan inner eyelid, so they could expose him to the bright sun, because he had the bright Vulcan sun made him able to withstand just barely the light that they had to shine on him to wipe out the creature on him. Shenanigans. Yeah. Well, because isn't it supposed to be like one million candle power or something? Something I don't care how ridiculous like that. Sun is. And that's you know, <laughs> you just you just flash fried your retinas. I don't give a shit what you know goofy inner eyelid thing you've got going on. I mean, you're blind. Okay. It was always a good story element to push Spock to his limits. Well, that was kind of creepy too, because you know, seeing that for the first time, or I feel like if you didn't remember it very well, watching that as a kid would kind of freak you out, because it's like, whoa, where, you know, w- would I be blind? You know, all those kind of things. But uh, what's yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I like one. Uh, your next, my number three was a really. This was the hardest one for me because it's like one and two came right to me. Four and five weren't hard. Number three was tough only because I've got so many potential ones on my list. But I eventually went with this one. Again, the, this isn't necessarily a creature. It was just one of those very uncomfortable, like, really kind of weirded me out things. This was was from an episode called A Private Little War, which, you know, that name doesn't spring, I don't think, to a lot of people's minds. You're like, oh, what episode is that? Right. The, the easy answer is this is the episode with the Megatu. But... The Magatu's not the scary part. So I was never scared of that creature. I always think I always thought he looked ridiculous. I thought he looked like like a teddy the bear. Yeah, like the abominable snowman with a horn on his head. And he had never, sort of a smiley rubber doll face on him yeah, too. Yeah, he was yeah, just yeah, not yeah. very. He was just sort of like yeah. The part that scared me, that weirded me out, was actually the part. I can't remember who it is that gets hurt. Is it Kirk? I think it's Kirk. Somebody gets injured in that episode, and there's that girlfriend. She's, like, the only person on that planet who doesn't have, like, that goofy white wig that they all wear. She's, like, I think she might even be an alien, but she's, it's a woman. But she's, like, really skeezy. She's got, like, a, like a Shauna the She-Devil outfit on, and she's just, she's just, like, one of these kind of, like, skanky women that you wouldn't want, you know? Speak for and, yourself, baby. Nah, Speak she's for skanky, yourself. Nah, she's skanky, I'm telling you. I don't care if she's on Star Trek, I'm doing her out of principle. So, so <laughs> Even yeah, if she's Kirk, a salt Kirk's sucker, a, man. Yeah, that's Kirk's philosophy, too. But, uh, so she goes in, and she's like, I don't know, some priestess or healer or some shaman or some damn thing. And she gets this root. Now, it's supposed to be a root. And she puts it on Kirk's, I'm pretty sure it's Kirk that's hurt. Puts it on his shoulder, and then goes into the like, like this creepy hip hip. I think it's supposed to be like hypnotic and seductive. Yeah. But as again, as a child, you know, pre-pubescent, yeah. it's just like 
creepy. You know, it's like she's wiggling and freaking, and you're, she's all oh, skinky. I might and have this, to watch this one again. This root that she puts on him. Now, when I was a kid, I always thought that root. Have you ever seen a hairless baby mouse and how creepy they are? Yeah. Looks like a hairless baby mouse. When I was a kid, that's what I thought it looked like. Again, here, here's my dad for you. We're watching this episode, right? And uh, she gets this root, and it's obviously like a rubber prop, right? And she puts it on him. Now I'm thinking I've always thought it looks like a dead, you know, like a like a hairless baby mouse. My dad, you know, he she puts it on him, and she's rubbing it on him, and she's doing her little undulating thing. And my dad goes. Why is she rubbing dog shit on Captain Kirk? <laughs> and I just cracked up. Your dad and, was always good for that with movies. <laughs> so to this day, you know, it totally diffused it. So now when I watch that, it's no longer scary. It's funny because I, I always picture her digging a piece of dog shit off the ground and, you know, healing Kirk with a with a dog turd. So now it's funny. But when I was, you know, before that, when I was a kid... Oh, that just, uh, it, it was uncomfortable. You know, just, <laughs> yeah, I just didn't like that. I didn't like that scene at all. I get that episode confused with Miramonte all the time, with Kirok and Miramonte. Oh, I love that episode. Oh, Yo, they have, I am Kirok. Those are totally different episodes. Yes. Because uh, was, she was actually a hottie, I think. Yes. She was cute. Oh, no, the girl, I'm telling you, dude, the, two, the woman I'm thinking of, in that episode, the Mugatu episode, she now nah, she's just you wouldn't want her. She's skanky, and not not the good kind of Star Trek skanky. I'm talking like like you know two dollar hooker skanky. You know she's just nasty. Two dollar hooker. Eh? Yep. This is from the Authority on two dollar hookers. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> Do they? S- right. I was You're up. Say- oh, okay. We're on, we're on number two. I'm sorry, did I cut you off? Were you about to say something? No, no, that's okay. I'm crunching and speaking, so I didn't I didn't hear you. This one this one is just like another a brief moment and it is a creature, but this one was in a whole one that was basically sort of a Halloween episode called Cat's Paw. Ugh. Yeah, cheesy. But when you're a little kid, you know, and you hundred oh, percent buy the giant cat chasing Kirk around. But I know where you're going. You know where I'm going. It go at the very end when the creature yeah. is revealed and is dying and is this little multi-armed thing, and they filmed it like stop motion, but then they like undercranked the video to slow it or overcranked it so it's slower. But it had this really weird underwater, bizarre, surreal look to it as it crumpled and died and slowly died in front of them, and it was just this weird little. Almost plant animal, you know. Synthesis. Didn't it make like a funny little like burp, burp kind yeah, of sound? Yeah, it was making a like little dying gasp of air as it as it as it croaked. As and much as I think that episode freaks me out. Sucks. Yes. To this day, that part freaks me out. Yeah, I still don't like that part of that episode because it is it's creepy, man. There's something about the way that's filmed that you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's still it's, that's it's still on my list up. because it, it totally that I can picture visualize that scene. It was burned into my memory as soon as I saw it. It was just unbelievably bizarre, and it's one of those things. If it wasn't Star Trek, if that was just some random show, it would have been something that I would attribute to being a dream or something I just thought of when I was a kid. You know. Because it's so bizarre and out of place, 
especially you know with is? the rest of that episode. You know what it is? Is it, it, It's like, you know, when you take it in the full context of that episode, it, it's really, it, it's that whole car accident syndrome. Because that episode, you know it sucks. And you know you keep finding yourself going, why am I looking? Why am I watching? You know, and it's like when you come across like a car accident and you just can't help but look. It's like, I don't really want to see anybody hurt. I don't want to see like, you know, somebody like yeah. tore it too. But you but can't tear your rate, eyes away. You can't tear your eyes away and you know you know it's coming. It's the same way with that episode. Anytime I ever watch that episode, I always find myself thinking, why am I watching this shit? This episode sucks. I know it sucks. But you, you're waiting for those creatures at the end because you know it's going to freak you out. All right, that's you, right. There was more than one get. of them. Yeah, and you get to that uh, that thing, and it's it's a total payoff because you don't really want to see him, but you do really want to see him, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm totally with you on that. It was actually one of my like, you know, it was on my list, but I wasn't I wasn't gonna. It, it would be like an honorable mention if if I talked about it at all. But yeah, definitely, I I totally agree with you. Yeah, those, no, that one's burned into my brain. Yeah, those those freak me out big time. All right, you want, what's, what's want next a break to do? or you want to keep going to uh, – all right. My number two, um, you touched on this earlier, and I, I just wanted to go back to I really felt like rather than go to an alternate, I really feel like i got to stick to my guns and, and call this my number two. Um, it was from that episode you mentioned earlier called the Corbamite Maneuver. Uh-huh. That was the one where, you know, at the end of it, they, they go into the big mothership thing and, and Ron Howard's little brother's in there, you know, uh, drinking his trunk yeah. and all that. But that one, you know, it's a great episode to begin with. I mean, that's that's a classic. It's one of my favorites. But that creature, Blaylock, or actually I think the alien's name is Blaylock or, or Baylock or whatever his name is. Uh-huh. But you think it's the creature. It's a, He actually turns out to be a puppet at the end. And when you see him in the ship, he's not so creepy anymore. Because, you know, then by then it's revealed that he's just a puppet, he's just for show, and he's intended to scare you. Well, he has but a sort of warping effect over his face yeah, when he's talking. Yeah. Well, plus, you know, a, a major portion, I mean a major percentage of the episodes of Star Trek, you know, during the credit sequence, they would always show pictures uh-huh. from from various episodes. And they were usually, you know, pictures from other episodes, not necessarily the one you had just watched. And a lot of episodes, I mean a lot of episodes, the last image you see before the credits go off and it goes to the Paramount logo or whatever, the logo, or the Desi Lu or whatever, was the image of that puppet, of that creature. And it looks like he's looking right into you. I mean, yeah. he's got that open mouth, big eyed alien stare and he's like staring at you from the TV. That shit used to freak me out. I didn't used to like to watch the, the end credits all, you know, all the way to the end because you knew that alien guy was going to be watching you at the end of it. Man, that used to freak the hell out of me, man. I did. Yeah. You know, that creature's skin. And, and like, if I ever like came around a corner or something today, even you know, even that you know, as an adult, if I ever like ran into that all of a sudden, it would it would totally you know take me back. I'd be like, well, ah! he had he had a little bit of the ass head in him too. <laughs> he was like that. He was like that painting the scream mixed with an ass head sort of. He's like All a paint the scream. He had a little lurch in him too. Plus, plus the ass head, plus the classic big-eyed alien. You yeah. Know, the, the 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 quintessential. The you know, gray. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he was creepy. He was really creepy. Yeah, that's that's definitely my number two. That that alien guy from the end of like every episode. 
Well, my number two is one that we used to mock all the time once we were teenagers, but scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. And this one's another one that was sort of Halloween-themed and reminded me of a Hammer horror movie. Hmm. I think you may have you guessed what it is yet. Oh, you got me. I, I'm I'm trying. I'm I'm looking real quick over the list, going, hmm, what episode? No, I I don't know. Um, I don't, I, I Scott, Scotty brandishing a bloody knife. Oh, I didn't yeah. Mean to red jack, red jack, red jack, red jack. <laughs> kill, kill, kill them all. <laughs> Wolf in the oh, Fold. Wolf in the Fold. I was trying to think the of the name of The spirit of Jack yeah. the Ripper. Or the yeah. spirit that was Jack the Ripper. The spirit that travels around from body to body claiming victims. And is in that little librarian guy who was in so many like Twilight Zone episodes. He was just a quintessential wimpy guy. Let me character touch on actor that guy. in movies. You, you know what's really wrong with that episode? That guy, I know exactly the guy you're talking about. I can't think of his name, but he always used to creep me out in that episode. He he just looks wrong. Yeah. And you put the voice with the face and the yeah. the portrayal, and he just would creep you out. Well, you know what? He's Piglet from Winnie the Pooh. No shit, that guy was Piglet. Really? Yeah, I am not shitting you. You listen that to his voice sense. the next time you watch that episode, and you'll be like, Holy shit, he's Piglet! <laughs> so you got you Piglet know, is Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Beware the Piglet. <laughs> I always would have thought it was Eeyore. <laughs> but, Something is afoot in the Hundred Acre Wood. But that was a great one because, you know, it actually made you think that Scotty might have killed somebody. Because he had a whole memory lapse, and there was a whole little jealousy issue with Scotty and that and that lady, to some degree. There was so, something happened with I can't remember what it was, but remember all the lights go out and like someone's dead, and Scotty's got the knife, and he's like, I didn't mean to. He kept having blackouts. Yeah. He couldn't defend himself because he couldn't remember having, you know, what he did during the blackout. So they, That's you know, right. every time they found somebody dead. The trail led to Scotty. And Scotty didn't remember anything. And then they eventually find out that it's a little wimpy accountant guy. And he eventually gets into the ship's computer and just runs amok. And that's the part that we used to just love. Red Jack, Red Jack, Red Jack. Remember they, like, on the computer screen, and I think even the screen on the bridge, if I remember right, there were, like, these images of hell or something. You know, they'd be, like, these creepy, red, cloudy, hellish-looking yeah. images. Yeah. Those those used to kind of freak me out as a kid. And now that I think about it, you were talking about the woman. The woman that holds that seance, she gives me the same creepy vibe I got from that, you know, smearing shit woman from Private Little <laughs> War. You know, she does the whole undulating, creepy, and she's... Yes. Like, the women on... Some of those women on Star Trek were just not appealing they were there i guess they were going for like a sexy sultry but some of them really did come across as kind of like skeezy you know like don't touch me you know and she's one of them that that seance woman in that episode is creepy too i recall like <laughs> scotty had the hots for her or something there was some sort of history with her and scotty or maybe her and kirk there was some history with her going on i'll have to watch that one again because i'm gonna have to go out and find it just so I can get the red jack, red jack, red jack, red jack. <laughs> kill, kill, kill them all. 
Uh, yeah, I know. We used to, I, I did we used like to use those at, at opportune moments when we were in like middle school, high school, to confound <laughs> our teachers. So See, now people are understanding where the name of our of our show comes from now. Yeah, people I know. Are starting to get it now. Well, now we're at the golden moment. We're at the number ones. All right. Do we need to break? Or are we good? No. Let's let's keep on rolling. Forge right on through. We okay. Can, we can, we can uh, stomp right on through to the end now. How the hell did this switch up to where I'm 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 in the lead? Or did I give my number two? Yeah, I gave my number yeah. two. Your number two is just shorter because we talked about it a little bit earlier. Let's yeah, but somehow we switched up to where now I'm I'm leading. How did that happen? I, I we didn't know. miss somebody somewhere, did we? I don't know. I just went. <laughs> I just went with my number two. So I don't see where else there is to go. I don't know. That's weird. Because you were you were leading off, and now. Now I'm leading. I don't know. Something's something's wrong somewhere here. We didn't miss anything though. I'm looking at my list. I didn't miss it. My list. I got it all but one. I don't know. We're gonna have to edit this part out. But I just I don't know how that happened. I don't know how suddenly. I got ahead of you. Are you sure we didn't list miss anything on your list? Because when Order, we came back from break, we cat's paw, jellyfish creature, wolf in the fold. All right, that's cool. Yep. I just don't know how I wound up giving my number one before you're giving your number one. That's weird. I, maybe we, maybe somebody did two in a row or something. I can't. I don't know how we got there. All right. Anyway, I let me know. give my let me give my number one. Let's do it, man. All right, my number one. That's all I we hope got I'm, left. I, I hope I'm not stealing anything from you. But this is this is definitely my number one. This this actually this memory and this episode are what basically spawned this entire episode of ours talking about like stuff that creeped us out as a uh -oh. kid. Yeah. I, I think I think you know where I'm going with this. Um this episode used to just freak me out, scare the piss out of me. I, I didn't want to be alone in the room watching this. I didn't want to go to bed after watching this. It used to totally freak me out. And a lot of it was based on the music the music, strangely, there's no original Star Trek music in this episode. Every piece of music in this episode is recycled from earlier episodes, uh -huh. but it's used to such effect that it just it works. It's totally moody and creepy and eerie. Um, this episode is the Tholian Web. Oh no, this isn't my. I I thought we were gonna hit the same one. Oh okay. Oh no, okay. Yeah, and the and the reason that this one is my number one, the the major thing. There's actually I thought of, there's two things that are a little bit creepy, but the major thing, the the number one thing that scared me as a kid watching this episode is, you know, the the premise of the episode is they come across this ship, and I'm trying to remember the name of it. Is it the Intrepid? Maybe the Intrepid. I can't remember. But anyway, they come across another basically another enterprise it's another ship exactly like the enterprise another one in the, the fleet. same class yeah and it's stuck in basically an in-between spot in space it's like this this dimension between dimensions and it's slowly slipping into another dimension so they beam over to this ship to find out what the deal is what's going on where's the crew and all this and of course the friggin transporter never works on Star Trek you know yeah. you can always beam in but then you're screwed trying to beam out you know 
So everybody transports out except Captain Kirk. You know, he's just got to be the hero. He's got to stay behind, you know, instead of ordering like some red shirt. Well, you stay behind because you're expendable. You know, the captain, the most inexpendable person stays yep. behind. So he stays behind. The, the ship slips into the in-between and it's gone. And so they believe they've lost the captain. You know, a, a certain amount of time expires to where, you know, they're all over there in spacesuits. So, you know, after a certain amount of time, they, they have to reach the conclusion that the captain can't possibly be alive anymore because he's exhausted his supply of oxygen. But they stay there in this space in the hopes that, you know, the ship will reemerge from time to time. And when it reemerges, they can maybe beam him out. So while they're there, they start to all wig out too. So they they've got they're slowly going nuts. And you know, McCoy's giving Spock, you know, a bunch of shit because he's like, Look, you know, I love him too, but we gotta go. Everybody's gonna die if we don't leave. But Spock refuses to leave. He doesn't want to give up on the captain, so they stay. Anyway, while everybody's freaking out, certain people, and I know Ahura's one of them, and I Scotty is the first one. Yeah. They see the captain, but they see him, and he's and this is where the, it freaked me out. He's a ghost. He's he's like you see through him. He's in that creepy spacesuit looking thing that they had, and he's totally like moving and and like just like un, you know, almost like you're looking at him underwater or something. And he would like drift and flow, and he couldn't talk, but you could tell he was trying to talk. So it's like his mouth would move, but he wasn't saying anything. And like when Ahura sees him, she sees him like in a mirror. And then Scotty sees him real briefly, like up high in the engineering section. So he's like looking up. That's at like the, the part top. I remember. Yeah. And he's like moving around and like, but nobody else ever sees him. Just like a couple people see him, but they're, they're alone when they see him. So other people don't believe him because everybody's wigging out. You know, everybody's going crazy and flipping out and attacking other people and stuff. So. Nobody really believes that they've seen the captain. And, and there's even a part where McCoy is very patronizing to her and he's saying, oh, oh, of course you saw him. You know, we all want to, want to see him. We all want to believe he's alive. And she's like, no, no, I really did see I saw the captain. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, just as a kid, god damn, that used to scare me. You know, just this creepy floating ghost Kirk, you know? Well, it you know seems what? so silly to say it now, but I mean, as a kid, that was powerful it shit. Man. It freaked me out in the same way. When, and you know, I'm talking when I was five or six years old, four or five, six years old. It freaked me out in the same way, and this is going to sound stupid, as the Snuffleupagus did. <laughs> Snuffleupagus used to freak me out, because you never knew if Big Bird was insane or not. Because because only he saw the Snuffleupagus, and then the Snuffleupagus would just happen to leave when anybody else was coming back. You know, it would never something would always happen to keep anybody else from seeing the Snuffleupagus. So you never knew if it was Big Bird or just his imagination. I used to have like dreams when I was a kid that finally like everybody else would f see the Snuffleupagus because you know it just freaked me out. It was so frustrating. That nobody would believe Big Bird. They'd be like, oh, okay, Big Bird, that's your imagination. And it's like, well, shit, you know. I just saw the Snuffleupagus, you know, which I'm sure is what they were going for. But it used to, that used to disturb me in some ways when I was a kid. And that's the same sort of thing. Nobody believes. I just had this mental image of you, like, being, like, 
dragged, you know, wearing a straight jacket, like dragged down the hall toward your padded cell, going, Goddamn Snubblehopagus! Why can't they see him? Why? Why doesn't he just hang? Ar- if I was a Snubblehopagus, I would just hang around and say, "I'll just, I'll just wait for your friends to come over here, bird." And five more seconds—that's all it would have taken. Just five more seconds, yep. and they just seen the damn thing. But yeah, I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. And I'm the totally Snubblehopagus had a goddamn family. Remember that he had a mom <laughs> Snubblehopagus that used to have the broom in her snout in the front. Oh my God! I just got it. That's what's in Loch Ness. It's the a family of Snubblehopagus. It's very yeah. possible. Oh my god, we just solved that mystery. Mm-hmm. Alright, so you're number one. My number one is... Yeah. And the children shall lead. Oh god, that episode sucks. <laughs> of course it does, but the end of it... Just that guy... What, the Gorgon. He's oh, called that's the right. Gorgon. And like, they come to, they come to a... Uh, I think it's like a co- it's a colony on a planet or a space station. I believe it's a colony on a planet. Yeah, they're on a planet. And uh, and uh, they find everybody's dead from suicide, and only the kids are alive. So they're like, "Oh my God, these kids are traumatized," you know. So they beam the kids back up to the ship, and the kids are you know are kind of traumatized, but the kids are sort of their own little group. And you start becoming suspicious that the kids had something to do with their parents' death. And then you start noticing that the kids can do this little sort of masturbation-like hammer stomp thing with their arm. You know, they'd sit there and make a fist and do a little, like, arm pound. And they could get and they could get the grown-ups to do what they wanted to do. But they'd have to sit there and furrow their brow and pump their arms and, like... And so, you know, the kids have these powers, so, you know, you're starting to realize that they were, you know, that they made all the grown-ups kill themselves, sort of in a Village of the Damned They were like a whole bunch idea. of Charlie X's. Yes, it was like Charlie X and, and Village of the Damned mixed together. And then... Then... Whoops. Sorry. They I just I, cut out there for a second. I know. Then at the at the very end... You find out that it's a sort of Santa Claus Burger King looking guy. That's you know, that that's probably not what he looks like. That's his his disguise to the children. But he is. He says, Hi children and he's like this sort of jolly he, you know who he is? looks like old King Cole. He's old King Cole. He's a merry old soul. He looks like the father in uh, I don't know if you've seen uh is enough. No, Cinderella. <laughs> he does. He looks like oh, the king. Oh yeah, king yeah, yeah. Cinderella. Yeah, the one who wants like st- who wants grandkids really bad. Yeah, he, that's who he looks like. But yeah, no, he was he was creepy even before the. Uh, now you're talking about the disintegration part at the end, right? Where he like disintegrates and gets like scabs and welts and like yeah, herpes and stuff well, on his no, face. Well, no, I'm just talking about the whole part where he manifests for the first time and he's just like children. You must, you must not let. And, and Kirk, you know, wins the children over by showing them video of them playing ball outside with their parents, and then, and then quick cutting it to a shot of all the adults parents dead. dead. See, that's all I can remember. It's been so long since I've seen that episode, and I've never liked it. So, I mean, all I can remember is the end. You know, like like you say, you know, he's showing them the, that video footage, but then the creature starts to like scream at. The, he's like. 
you know, we can conquer them. You, you've got to believe. But while he's talking, he just gets like fuglier and fuglier. He's doing he a picture like, of Dorian Gray. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a good, uh, good reference. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and As, doesn't he? What's he just like pop out or what? I can't well, remember. He's, How like, does an, that he's like an evil Tinkerbell. Mm-hmm. Once the children start stop believing in him and feeding into him, he's doomed. You know, Kirk gives him the whole speech. You know. Once you reject him, you know, he will, you know, and he's like, don't listen to them, children. But all the while, they're like starting to cry and, you know, remember their parents. Meanwhile, these kids are getting super traumatized for the rest of their life on this They're going to be more traumatized when they wind up episode. in intergalactic uh, juvie hall. So. Yeah, exactly, in the orphanarium. And uh, so... But just that that guy, you know, and just the the sheer evil, you know, it's sort of the evil clown syndrome, you know. He was a very friendly ho-ho-ho type of guy, but he was getting the kids to kill all their parents, you know. <laughs> the Burger King. Yeah, the, yeah <laughs> the, that totally killed he's him. He's not as disturbing what, as the Burger King in the commercials these days. What happens to him, though? I mean, I, I remember him getting all, like, all freaky looking, but what, I mean, does he just pull a Charlie X fade out? I think out, he just, or? he fades yeah. out. I think he just fades, he doesn't burn out, man. He just fades away. Or maybe he burns out and fades away at the same time. But either way, he goes downhill and got, as soon as the kid, you know, and then, like, the lights come on on the bridge and all the kids are, like, crying and, and Nurse Chapel and her, her, her all like hustle them down to sick bay to start counseling them and soothing the trauma that they'll always suffer knowing that they caused their parents to kill themselves in gory bloody ways in front of them <laughs> so that's our list you got any uh any uh, honorable mentions on your list no that's about it i'm trying to think of any um, I, i've got i could have several actually but i'll just i'll do one because I, i've I've mentioned it a couple of times, and now that I think about it, I'm, I, it really should have made my list. And uh, that was Charlie X. Yeah, that I, one freaked I, you know, me I out, went, too. I went by my memory on all of these, and the only thing that came immediately to mind in Charlie X is the part where he makes that, that woman's face go away, which was really yeah. creepy. But then when I think about it, the entire end of Charlie X really did used to freak me out as a kid because, you know, he, you know, that, that, you know, he has that moment where he he feels the alien coming, and he does that whole no, no scream, and you know he's terrified. So you know he was a kid. He was like the, up to that time the only kid I think he'd ever seen on Star Trek. So you know you kind of identified with his character, and you definitely identified with him as a you know, you know a, a kid. Not you know he wasn't mature. He was trying to be grown up, but he didn't understand how you know. So as a kid, you could really relate to his character. But then when that alien, the green, it was just a green floaty head, shows yep. up at the end and takes him away. And Charlie's like, no, don't let him take me. And you know, and then he fades away. Man, that used to creep me out as a kid. It was like, man, I, I hope some green floaty head doesn't show up and take me away. You know, you know what, you know what my, would be an on, my honorable mention now that that one just reminded me of this one used to really disturb me. And I can't remember the title of it. You'll, you'll remember it. It was, I believe, it was the first one they filmed after they filmed that original pilot, mm-hmm. and it was where they went through an electrical field, and Kirk's best friend got zapped. Where no man has gone where before. Where no man has gone before, and it starts developing the godlike powers, 
that yeah. one used to creep me out because you knew he, he had to die by the end. You know, it, it, it became apparent eventually this guy's got to die because he's becoming godlike. Uh, Gary Mitchell. Yep, and, and he was going to, and like he was starting to just off people who were in his way, like they were, he was swatting flies. Like, I just remember one guy, he strangles him with a with a cable as they're hooking up some sort of oh, yeah. mechanism, you know. And Kelso then, or something like and, that. And they yeah. gotta just basically drop off Kirk with his big ray gun to fight him. I love that. I really liked that episode. That, that was the episode that sold the series right there. Yeah. That was a pretty intense episode. And well, that that guy that plays uh, plays Gary, the guy with the powers in that, he was the he was in uh, 2001, a Space Odyssey. He was oh. uh, uh, what's his name, Frank uh, Frank Poole, Frank I think Poole. was his name. Yeah, yeah, that was him. That was the same actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a great, great episode. And if you ever uh, bringing this all back to comics for just a second. There was a crossover that I think a lot of people dismissed out of hand as just being silly or whatever, but it was called um, Star Trek X-Men. And it was literally where, like, it was like Wolverine, Cyclops, Jean Grey, and somebody else, Beast, showed up on the bridge of the Enterprise. And it was actually very cool. You know, the art was really good. It was, uh, I think it was Silvestri art, but... uh, you know, you know, in the in the tradition of your classic cross company, you know, crossovers, you know, there was one Star Trek villain and one X Men villain, and the Star Trek villain was uh, Gary Mitchell come back from the dead, and it was it was actually kind of cool. Oh, I, I can't remember what the hell happens, but yeah, I can't I can't even remember who the X Men villain was. Now it was like Deathbird or somebody like that, but uh, it was actually really it was kind of neat. You know, it was you know it was wonky, but it was you know, it was fun. If you just take it in the spirit that it was men in, it was actually right. kind of fun. But I just thought it was neat, worth mentioning because that, to my knowledge, that's the only time he was ever revisited. Was that was that cross? And I could be dead wrong because there's a lot of Star Trek books I haven't read yet. But but uh, and they do hash over a lot of territory. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, on that note, let's take a quick break and come back uh, just real quick with our special announcement, and we'll wrap this baby up. All right, we'll be right back. Two True Freaks is a production of DeMonso Corp. Limited of Milan and Lee. The opinions of Scott Gardner and Chris Honeywell almost never reflect the opinions of DeMonso Corp. Limited. DeMonso Corp. Limited is not responsible for any slanderous statements, hurt feelings, or outbursts of violence by Mr. Gardner or Mr. Honeywell. Do not expose Two True Freaks to pets, small children, or women in their first or third trimesters of pregnancy. Side effects rarely include dry mouth, lazy eye, goiters, irritable bowel syndrome, restless leg syndrome, restless bowel syndrome, and jock itch of the brain. Copyright 2008. All rights reserved. back and um that's the end of our first part of our halloween dual extravaganza next week is actually if all works out as it's supposed to will be the week of the actual halloween so it'll be an actual halloweenier 
episode than this, and we'll be covering, um, well, first of all, we'll just cover just stuff that scared the shit, just general movies and stuff that scared the hell out of us now or then, or just the scary stuff, and what, what our favorite scary stuff is, and then we'll go into the meat of our episode, which is part I'm really looking forward to, <laughs> is where we tell our child our childhood stories of Halloween, and not the I'm not going to tell my Charlie Brown like I've got a, you know, as a little kid with a with a sack over my head with two holes cut out, going I got a Heath bar. I got some toffee. Well, we definitely rock. need to talk about things we we dressed up as for yeah, Halloween. Yeah, that'll, that'll be cool. That'll but, be yeah. cool. But it's not going to be like, oh, remember going and getting the candy? No, it's going to be high school hellions mm-hmm. going to wreak the to trick. Yep. No treating, no candy, rotten eggs and bull whips, and <laughs> yeah, a we're town talking with about one you know, cop. We're talking about when we started going out for Halloween, um, and we were just a little too old to dress up anymore. Too, yeah, it was. Yeah, once we got too old to dress up, and and by this time, let's just say we were planning for Halloween way in <laughs> advance. <laughs> Halloween way in was advance. A w- well planned out. So we'll have some stories of that, and those those will be sure to be interesting and fun, and maybe reminiscent for some of you, and maybe not for others or. It'll be shocking to some and hilarious to others. <laughs> shocking to some, familiar to some, shocking and familiar to others. And that's all next week on Two True Freaks. In the meantime, come visit us on MySpace. We've got a MySpace page, uh, Two True Freaks at Two True Freaks slash MySpace dot com. Um, we've got um, what Gmail? is it? G- uh, it. Gmail Two True Freaks at Gmail dot com. We've got a two true freaks dot dot com, which is which has is our blog, which has access to all our shows. And hey, all those people out there that like to say uh, first post woot, we have no comments on that page. So whoever <laughs> leaves a comment, you're going to be the first post woot. So go ahead and uh, and leave a comment cool. on there. Review us in iTunes. Um, if it's a nice review, if it's a bad review, um, fuck off, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else do we got? Oh, we got the forum. We sure. Got at the comic, the comicforums.com. Just uh, scroll on down and find us. Every everybody is on there alphabetically. Yep, we're on we're on um, YouTube with the username Two True Freaks. We are everywhere on yep. the internet. We're saturating the whole internet's medium, just like everybody else in the whole entire goddamn world, except for <laughs> most of China, <laughs> where where it's blocked. So to all the people in China, eh, never mind. You can't listen to us anyway. This is Chris Honeywell for Two True Freaks. And I'm saying, Scott Gardner for Two True Freaks. And saying konnichiwa <laughs> to all the people in Japan who can listen to us. Konnichiwa. We're big in Japan. <laughs> Relatively. Relatively.